Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So we're playing a lot of chat manager at the minute. I'm, of course, your host, Ross, and with me is the main man himself, Mr. Dave Black. Hello, hello. How are you? Uh, I'm very well. I'm all locked down. How... Are you? You're still working, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I'm actually busier than I've ever been. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how that works. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing literally nothing every day. I'm so bored. It is untrue. See, I'm very jealous of, like, Obviously, all day I'm sat at work, and then I see like the, the WhatsApp group we're in. It's just just littered with people like like, like Ryan nearly getting accurate and promoted to the Prem, and it's like what a what a life to lead. Yeah, me and Ali comparing our ten mile bike rides that we're doing. And stuff like that. I know, I know. Yeah, what a life. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's on let's get on to the main topic of tonight. It is the Champ Manager Podcast. We're episode number four. We're going to be doing uh, the greatest ever Champ Manager team picks by. A couple of uh, Championship Manager 9798 luminaries, including myself, um, before we hit up the uh, cup draw for the CM 9798 2020 Cup, Dave. Yes, it's a, it's a fun episode we've got for you today. Um, so, as you mentioned, we're going to go through the greatest Champion 9798 team. So, yeah. obviously, the idea with these podcasts is we go through each game in the series. Um, we talk about Champion 9798 every single day of our lives. So. Um, I think a lot of the listenership <laughs> will probably f- come across us on Twitter, so we're not going to go into uh, too much detail about the game itself. Instead, we're just going to discuss some of the players and imagine that'll, that'll yeah. uh, open up a discussion. So to do that, um, we've got two more of the vlog squad on with us tonight, so uh, please welcome Andrew and Nick. How are you, gents? Oh, very good, thank you. Good, good. So, Andrew, we'll start with you. Um, King of the Rooks, to give you your, your Twitter name. Uh, what's, what, what's your uh, what's your history with with the game? So, God, I have been playing Chat Manager since this series. Um, how it all started, God, I think when we we're I'm in junior school, one of the lads just happened to have it, and obviously being Newcastle obsessed, uh, just got into that, stopped playing football, and started playing Championship Manager, and it <laughs> never stopped. <laughs> Probably had an inkling it was never going to become a career for me. And <laughs> uh, Nick, how about yourself? Yeah, uh, similar lines as Andrew. Really, um, a mate of mine had it when we were in school, um, and we used to sort of obviously spend a lot of time around each other's houses playing FIFA and that. And one weekend, he he fired that up and he said, oh, "I've got a new game for you to try," and and that was it really. But but that was actually about a year after it had come out, so probably about ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, because we already knew who Bakayoko was then, because he'd already gone to Everton. So um, that's how what I was disappointment that was. <laughs> discovering it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and ever since that day, really, just fell in love with it and playing it still to this day. When I've when I've got time, obviously, two kids. Yeah. Yes, I think we're all in the kid club, aren't we? So uh, yeah. our uh, our careers have taken a, 
a nosedive in recent years. <laughs> but, you know, we've still clocked up the hours beforehand, so so that's good. So, uh, as I mentioned before, the Perrys have, uh, have been part of the blog squad for a while now. Uh, Andrew, you do all sorts for, for the blog. Um, the, the moment, it's the Wonder Kids. That's, how's that getting on at the moment? God, it's tough. It's been tough. It might <laughs> seem like it's been dead easy, but I think the ongoing joke at the minute about the injuries is absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen so many injuries in any kind of managing any team in this game and broken backs and Jesus, you know, broken backs to stub toes and everything. I'm, I'm just, you know, I think I've seen it all now. What about a get what, what about a gashed head? That's quite common. Oh, yeah, broken skull in training, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's very common. I don't understand I don't understand what the guys have set these lot up to do in training, to be honest, do we end up with the injuries to do, but it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So obviously it's like something out of a dream team, really, isn't it? I think, uh, obviously, Michael Owen was in a similar position as he was a child who was given too much playing time and then he you know, essentially broke down. Um, so you've got... 20 yeah. or so of them so <laughs> so good luck <laughs> uh, and Nick at the minute you're, uh, you've are you you've merged two worlds you've bought 102 to 9798 how's that getting on yeah uh, well we started very well actually I was um, I needed a, a follow up to Basque boys which then went down pretty well um, and I don't know how I come up with the idea really it just, just clicked one night I thought I'll just import all the stats and good players from the 0102 database into 97, 98, and see how they get on, see if they actually turn out as good as they do on uh, 0102. And, you know, the signs so far are very good. Got two Madeira up front, smashing them in, and Sigalco's finding his feet as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's going a, well. It's a brilliant concept of uh, bringing the two worlds together, which I think we probably all agree they're the two standout games in the series. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And we but that, that's... The, that was my thinking, really. Um, I know 102 has still got a big following as well, um, so I thought, yeah, that should, should please two lots of fans, really. Yeah, well, I mean, point of story for you, but when I first started the whole blog thing, I was torn between the two games. Uh, I spent enough time on both of them to justify it, but when I actually looked into Twitter, um, there was already a fairly big 102 um, sort of community, if you like, and there was absolutely mm. nothing for 9798, so I thought, well, let's uh, let's get into that. Yeah, it's two of you now. Well, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, night seven ninety eight. So we 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 talked about Chapman two last time we were on, um, and night seven ninety eight was kind of the the combination of all those previous games put together. So for the first time, we had the capability to play three leagues from the nine available. Um, again nothing like that around at the time it was you know miles ahead of everything else in the market um and of course the added bonus was that the whole game was unlocked if you like from a cd point of view so as you said earlier if you had someone who had it everybody had it uh, yeah. which was tremendously <laughs> helpful at the time um did anyone other than me actually buy this game or did you all just <laughs> just just inherit it from other people uh, me myself, I inherited it. Pretty much every every male in my year at school had it, and you know, a few years above as well. It was just just going round basically, you know, one disc, and that that was all you needed for a whole school year. <laughs> one disc. I definitely bought it as abandonware at uni when I couldn't get a hold of a copy. But uh, yeah, exactly the same. It's, pr- it's no, practically pirate. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I think it worked because it obviously got a lot of people in the series before um, Champion 3 came out, which, again, just went from strength to strength. Uh, and I think yeah. it kind of laid the, laid the groundwork for totally taking over the market because at the time there was a lot of other management games out there. You know, there was like Premier Manager on the PlayStation and it took up the whole memory card and you had LMA Manager was, <laughs> was trying to break through and you had, I think it was a Premier League Manager or something. They were all kind, of, manager, kind, yeah. kind of around. Uh, ultimate Soccer Manager. Yes, I do remember that. Offer bribes to other teams and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> interesting concept, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, again, none of those games exist now and probably didn't exist for more than a couple, no. couple of years after that. They were more or less beaten to a pulp by the, the you know the championship manager train. Um, so you've got to say, from a short-term point of view, they probably thought, what we're we doing here, giving this game away. But long-term, there's nothing else in the market. Oh, yeah. How is it now, is there? So. Oh, no, <laughs> not it's so. Addicts. It's stole me away from um, playing Gavin Keegan player manager on the Super NES. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I loaded that up a few years ago, and like without the instruction book, it is the hardest game in the world to understand. There's just, just loads of icons everywhere, none of them are labelled, so it's like, click on this pen, it's like, what the fuck does the pen do? And no, no one's 100% sure. Like, Go on. Going off track a bit, but I also found it hilarious when I discovered it was also released as Carl Heinz Rummenigge manager as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like to think it was just a different... Comparable uh, managers. A different, a different <laughs> minor celebrity everywhere being, being, being labelled with this game. <laughs> uh, so what is it that, uh, that keeps you going to match on my night 78? Obviously, there's, as we just said, there's been all sorts of other games in the series since then. So, so Andrew, what keeps, what keeps bringing you back to this game? I think for me, right, it's it it's the fact that obviously given 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 the age I am, given the fact that probably nineties football was probably kind of you know, it takes you back to a time when you had absolutely zero responsibility. You know, the obviously in your mind the players were the best players ever to grace the game because they were the players you grew up watching. Um and it, it's kinda it brings you back to that. And I think the thing is kind of having played the football manager series as it's gone on and on. It, it's just a simpler world for a simple man like myself. It's uh, you know, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, Nick, are you similar or? Was... I but yeah, very similar to Andrew. Um, a lot, one of the main things I like about about the game itself is just you know how how simple it is and quick to play. A lot of the um, the newer games I've found that they can take a while just to set everything up. You know, you, you spend a whole evening sorting out your tactics, your training, and all that. But you've not got to worry about you know, any of that really in this and and it, as Andrew said that that time probably from 96 through to about 2001 that's probably my my favorite time in football and it's nice just to go back to that albeit in a game but you know football was so much better for me back then you know some of the players that were around and some of the teams that were there and um and yeah and and with it within the game itself I love the transfers on it, you know, finding a, a world-class player on the cheap and signing the regens. And I, on the whole, I've, ne- I've never had a moment with this game where I've thought, I'm bored of this. You know, yeah. it's never happened. So You've obviously never had as many injuries as I've had. <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously never managed a bunch of 35-year-olds to the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I don't think it's just the best management game. I just think it is the best game. Ever. It yeah. takes you back to a time when actually, you know what it is, England had half a chance of being able to win something. <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's very true. I think uh, you made a good point there as well about the transfers. It's never the same. Like every every game, all right, the same kind of players move on in the first couple of seasons, but after two or three seasons, it becomes a total lottery. Players turn up all over the shop. Like it's, yeah, and that's uh, yeah. something I really look forward to as I get deeper and deeper into the saves. How uh, how mad it's turned up elsewhere, really. Um, mm. And uh, obviously, it's better as well looking back and seeing you know when players who perhaps weren't that good end up signing for someone ridiculous. Um, you know, I think I got one tweet the other day where Roy Hunter of Northampton ended up at Real Madrid. <laughs> and, you just, and you just think, how, how has that happened? And it's just the wonder of how, how random some of it is. Um, obviously, Andrew, you've you've dug into the stats and things a bit. And I don't want to uh, to ruin one of the blogs you've got lined up over the summer, but you could... I think the addition of the editor to the game obviously gives it an extra layer in that you can effectively make your own game. Oh, it's massive. I think that that's, it's a massive thing. And the fact that uh, it's such an easy editor to use as well by comparison to kind of, you think the amount of stuff in the game now, if you were editing it, it must take an absolute age to change everything. Yeah, the FM20 editor is an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Got some breaking news for you as well. Uh, Nicholas Alexanderson wants a chat on Monday, so we shall, oh, that's great. We shall go to the ball. There will be a meeting. <laughs> awesome. Goodness sake, what a life. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you have to try and you have to try and nail him down on what what his actual best position was. Oh, you Nick, know, Nick, that's a man of that's literally a man of <laughs> talent. My one and only question for him is like so. <laughs> did he start out as a goalkeeper? Where, where yeah. Where did you actually play? It's like ah, wasn't even that versatile. It's like oh, you've, you've ruined it for everybody. But still. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen back to this bit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. Um, yeah, so uh, what we want to do really is uh, I've asked you all to name what you class as your favourite Champman 97, 9, 11. Uh, and the reason for that is, like I say, we, we spend a lot of time discussing this game on Twitter and there's, you know, I've dedicated five or six years of my life to, to a blog which details pretty much everything there is about the game with, with all your help. Um, so rather than go through things that people have probably already done, um, we'll, we'll we'll do this, and uh, we're going to do it in like a. Remember Room One Hundred One with uh, Nick Hancock and and Latley Frank yeah. Skinner. Oh yeah. So we'll do it that way, but instead of um, me getting rid of what, who I don't like, I'll uh, I'll pick the one I do like from your three selections. Um, so are we calling this? Are we calling this Room Ninety Seven Ninety Eight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can do. It. <laughs> it's my one regret is that this game doesn't have a snappier title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very big hotel with this room. So it must have quite a few. Oh, that's massive. <laughs> and we're clearly on the ninth floor. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, as is tradition, we'll start with the goalkeeper. Now, Andrew, with a lot of trepidation, I've seen your list. <laughs> do, 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 you want to explain, do you want to explain who your choice of goalkeeper uh, is? So I think the first thing's first. If, if you came here expecting me to churn out the expected, then I think you're, you, you've, you've come to the wrong place. Yeah, you're speaking to the wrong person. So I think, you know, uh, this announcement is made with a lot of fanfare, but my, my choice in goal is uh, is, is Phil Neville. Um, I was not I expecting that. It, it is a, yes, it is a complete lunatic decision. Um, but I think all I can say without giving too much away is really is just keep an eye on the blog with the date of the 14th <laughs> of the June in your diary. And, and I really can't say a lot more than that, other than Phil Neville is the best player 
in the Championship Manager 97-98 database. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a strong claim, and it's a strong start. Uh, Nick, who's got the number one shirt for you? I've gone with Mikel Landro. It was, Ooh. to be fair, it was it was a toss-up between him and Richard Wright. Uh, both very good, very young as well. Um, but yeah, the times I've signed Landro from, from Nantes, he's, he's never let me down, or Nantes, however you pronounce it. Um, yeah, I can't can't stress enough, especially in the the, the two three one two two formation, how important a good goalkeeper is because the amount of times the other team get clean through, you need you, you need a good goalie, <laughs> and he, he is that. Poor man, still never. No, you make a good you, you make a very good point there. Though, that I've said this many times, but I think the goalkeeper is actually the most important position on this game. Um, just because without it, like the, the whole date of the whole um, match engine was tweaked after ninety six, ninety seven. Where, as we discussed last time, the, the goalkeepers pretty much had no hands. Like <laughs> literally, they all had, every single one of them had Chris Packets for hands. So they already t- tweaked <laughs> the engine the other way and made it so you know if your goalkeeper was half decent, you just wouldn't concede. Um, so I think having a, a good keeper is probably the foundation of any good team. Uh, Ross, who have you gone for? Definitely. Uh, Fabian Bartes. He was at his peak of his powers in '98, and he was my keeper for the cup last year. So yeah, I've got uh, to stick with my guys. Uh, and Andy has a 20 for finishing in the database if you want him on penalties. Does he? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that's the type, a new one on me. That's the type of versatility you've got to go for. Um, I've uh, <laughs> I, I've actually selected Bartes out of the three of them. Um, I can't put Phil Neville in goal. But I've read the blog you've, you've written and I'm really looking forward to the world soon because I think a lot of people are going to try it and, and they'll be like I think it, it might revolutionise the whole game it'll be, uh, it'll be like when someone played a sweeper for the first time <laughs> It might go horribly wrong as well for other people but you never know Yeah but that's not your problem, you, you've done your <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, out of your two keepers, Landro, I love. Um, big fan of Landro. And he has a Twitter account. And yes, I have tweeted him. No, he hasn't replied. And for that reason, he is, yeah. <laughs> for that reason, he's, he's on the bench. And uh, I've gone with Bartes because, uh, one, someone dressed up as him at the World Cup last couple of years ago in the crowd, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, but, but also, I've just signed him for Mulhouse. Um, so he, uh, he, he has a number make, one, number make one sure shirt you get, Make sure you kiss him on the head. Oh, without doubt. And... Uh, my best man at my wedding is bald, and he played in goal for our six society. And before every match, <laughs> I kissed him on his head. So my ties with Bartes so, are deep. So there's no bias at all in that selection whatsoever. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bias here, Andrew. You know that by now. <laughs> all right, centre halves. Um, Andrew, can you give me both your centre halves? Because we'll do these as a, as a pair, and I'll. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, so I've gone with uh, Ronnie Onsen and Gary Pallister, purely on the basis that I think season one Man United, their defence is absolutely something to behold. They, they, they hardly concede a goal in any of the competitions, generally make the Champions League final, walk away with the league by Christmas. And I, I, honestly, I've never seen a better season one defence in this game. And I think if anyone disagrees with that pair and they're a complete jabroni... <laughs> <laughs> mm, you've got Phil Neville in goal though which <laughs> uh, argument slightly uh, Nick who, who have you got in the centre in the centre there oh, sorry Andrew I, I have disagreed with you um, I've gone with 
I've gone with Marcio Santos and the main man, Bjorn Heidenstrom. The reason I've put Bjorn in defence will become clear a bit later on. Um, Phil Neville Santos... central midfield. <laughs> Sorry? you got Phil Neville in central midfield. <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> um, no, I did Santos... contemplate giving Phil Neville as every position. But yeah. <laughs> but, um, Sorry, Nick. Yeah, sorry. Uh, pre-patch, uh, Santos was very hard to get from Ajax, but obviously in the patch, he's at Sao Paulo, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's he's very cheap. You can get him for about a million and a half and just solid as a rock. Um, no other reason than that, really. Great defender. Um, and then I don't really think I need to say too much about Heidenstrom. Nothing that man can't do, really. So He is a lovely, he's a lovely man. Um, yeah, he is. So just to mention the patch there, which you mentioned there, Nick. Um, so for those who don't know, obviously the out-the-box game is something like 2.91, I want to say. Um, and that's probably the game most of us grew up with. Um, what they did was they released a patch in, I think it was around January 98, which updated a few transfers and did a few bug fixes, like taking your wages above 50 grand if you were rich enough to do it, went up to 100 grand instead. Uh, it upped the number of uh, non-EU players in England to four from three. Um, you know, just a couple of little things like that. And that's the game I certainly play now. I think you, you probably all yeah. the same. Yeah, um, same. Just because I think it's, I find it more stable, to be honest. Um, why would you play a game that's obviously had bugs when you have the option to play one that doesn't? Yeah. Um, I yeah. guess sometimes I do like to play the original database just because it's for you know nostalgia purposes. But for the sake of a couple of transfers, I'd rather have the especially when I'm blogging, just the stability that's not going to die. So, yeah. So that's, so that's that's the reason behind that. Um, oh, you've picked two good centre-halves there as well. Uh, Ross, who have you got? Uh, CM Classics, Victor Anopko and Rob Page. I mean, I like a guy that never really did it in, in real life. They both kind of never hit the heights that FM or CM predicted they would do. And yeah, they're both just absolutely rock solid, if a little bit injury-prone and red card happy. <laughs> yeah, now... I mean, my first choice to go in is Rob Page because I've always said Rob Page and John Curtis are my, are my centre-half dream in this game. Um, mm-hmm. None of you picked Curtis, though, so you'll have to come on the podcast, John, and, uh, <laughs> and, and argue that point himself. So Not better at all. Not yet. No, he's, <laughs> we're still going on that. So, partnering Rob Page, this was difficult because uh, I agree, Ronnie Johnson's outstanding. Um, yeah. I refuse to give Gary Pallister any praise. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, and see, I wanted to put I want to put Bjorn in. Really, um, I know someone else has picked him in another position, but the position, yeah. the position to pick him in, he doesn't necessarily play, so it's it's quite complicated. So, um, I am going to go with Ronnie Johnson um, because. As Andrew says, you can't really overlook how good Man United are in that first season. Um, no. They are unbelievable. And uh, Gay's another one who Bjorn knows and may well help him get on the pod one day. So, Ronnie, welcome aboard. I wouldn't have <laughs> argued with, with Santos, mind. Santos was obviously in my um, last CM Cup squad. But I'm happy with that. Uh, it, was, it was very, very tough. Uh, again, Kind of a selfish reason as well is that I don't like to waste a non-EU slot on uh, centre halves. I, <laughs> I like my my non-EU to be flair players, uh, unless they're over the age of 35, in which case beggars can't be choosers. Oh well, I can assume you haven't chosen one of my other picks, then, can't I? 
Hold that thought. Uh, <laughs> right, left back. Nick, Nick, I'm going to come to you first because the other two lads have agreed on this. Okay, um, I've gone Paolo Maldini. Um, not an out-and-out wing-back, I know, but I played him there. I actually managed to prize him from AC Milan for bitter rivals Inter not so long ago, and I played him at left wing-back, and he, he was awesome. So, yeah, he's got the vote for me. Yeah, now, obviously, Paolo Maldini is a fantastic player. Um, do any of you know why on Champ Under 1 or 2 Maldini has like 20s for everything except strength which they've inexplicably given him as a 1 <laughs> like, <laughs> I, just I have no idea no, I've always wondered about that uh, anyway um, Andrew and Ross you've both picked the same uh, left wing back so uh, Andrew can you tell us why you've picked Robert Yarny oh, I think to be honest a lot of this was down to the fact that when I first started playing the game um, been to Spain, had a better shirt. Obviously, the the Kappa Classic, uh, and it just made us buy him on on games when uh, when he was playing. And, and, and in reality, it turned out to be absolutely solid. He's probably one of the most reliable left sided players I've ever had on the game. And if I wasn't into playing Phil Neville as a goalkeeper, then uh, you know it's this, it's the sort of player I would buy on every save. I was similar. I had a Coventry shirt with Robert Yarny on. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. That is a joke, by the way. <laughs> I was going to say, wasn't he like well? well Tom was great transfer. It was, huh? <laughs> uh, Ross, what, why do you love the the yarnster? I mean, yeah, um, he for me, he's my like first transfer every time, and he also goes back to Pro Evo back on the old PS2 days. He would be the first player I'd buy a Master League because he had twenty for pace, or he was the, one of the quickest players. And you needed pace, and you need pace in every football game. And yeah, what a great player to have. Uh, recently, when I've ever loaded a game and I haven't loaded the Spanish League, um, Yarny ends up being demoted to Betis' B team, so he's available for like nothing. And I don't know why they keep <sighs> doing it. Like it's so odd. Fools. I know. So. Obviously, two votes to Yarny means he gets automatic place, and you know he's a non-EU player. But I don't, I'll let it slide for Robert because he was uh, Maldini's <laughs> kicked to the curb. He was, out, he was outstanding, and uh, yeah, no argument for me. Again, either, to be fair, he uh, he also graced the retirement home for uh, a couple of seasons. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so right back or right wing back, wherever you want to put them. Again, two two is agreed. So um, Andrew, who did you pick? Because unfortunately, you've been outvoted here. Uh. Disappointing, <laughs> <laughs> but not surprising. <laughs> uh, Luis Cristaldo, um, I think again, I think your, your challenge here is obviously that he's Bolivian or whatever. Uh, and and but for me, it's always been one of those niche signings where I think I just happened across him as a kid, and he turned out to be tremendous every time I bought him to play on the right. Um, and and kind of I think in the Super League save, uh, obviously I snapped him up for PSG, and he got very decent ratings again in that situation but yeah quality and always supplies assists when he's playing as an attacking fullback. I don't think I've any uh, any dealings with him to be quite honest I obviously know the name but I don't think I've ever signed him again you know my philosophy on these uh, these non-EU players though so <laughs> <laughs> um, so Nick and Ross you've both picked uh, the same man uh, Nick Kieran Dyer Kieran Dyer yeah um not always great at the start of the game, so it might sometimes be a year before you see the best of him. Um, I've seen him available for 900k, and I've seen him available for 4 million. You know, so yeah. it's, a, it's a lottery how much he's going to cost you each game. But um, 
he can play on the left or the right as well. So he's very versatile and he can also play midfield. And he's only, eight, I think he's 18 or 19 at the start of the game. So you get years and years out of him and yeah, he develops into a very good player. Yeah, Ross, do you think that's more or less the same? It's quite funny to talk about Dyer as a, as a full-back when it comes in, he went on to be a, a crippled, a crippled midf- a midfield player. <laughs> 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 yeah, basically, I almost went with Jason McAteer because of my Liverpool save and he was so good there. But yeah, Dyer, you, you get him in straight away and he can do a job for you for years. Plus, he played for Newcastle and you've got to play to the host there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it works for me. Um, Thanks. Think, thinking about the injury history, it probably wouldn't have been a valid signing for the retirement home on day one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kieran Dyer, when he was playing for Newcastle, I, you know, I really liked him, he was a good player, but I, I read his book last summer, right. and pretty much like he had so many opportunities to you know, apologise for going out on the lash and not really you know, devoting himself to football. We just seemed to be very bitter about the whole thing. Like It was, it was Newcastle's fault. Uh, yeah. Cheers, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, a fight with his teammate and also, you know, come on. Get a bit, well, of, bit of fighting spirit in him. Strange, because um, Lee Bowie was such a placid lad, wasn't he? Uh, he was a lovely fella. Who, who would have thought it? <laughs> uh, all right, so in defensive midfield, um, we've actually got three different options here. So, uh, so Ross, we'll start with you for a change. Uh, who have you put in here? Uh, that's where I picked Bjorn for my team. I had to get him in uh, defensive midfield, just kind of, for me, his best position, and yet solid in front of that back two. Yeah, now... Whenever this happens, people, you know, there's always someone who goes, you know what, you can't actually play a defensive midfield because if you look at the editor, he is, he, is, <laughs> he, is, he, is a, he is a defender or he is a midfielder. He is not. Yeah. He hasn't got two for anchor, but um, I always play him there, so um, yeah. it's very hard to argue with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick, you've you, you've kind of got a similar argument going here with Mark Emmons. I have, yeah. Um, initially, I was going to put Bjorn there, but I wanted to get Bjorn and Mark in the same side, and then. Um, I was delighted to discover that Mark Emmers actually has a one for anchor in the editor, so I was very pleased. <laughs> so um, he's there, sit, sitting there in front of the back two for me. Yeah, are you all familiar with the, the Mark Emmers story as to how he's ended up as a, a minor team and available for next to nothing? The two Mark Emmers. Yeah, so <laughs> so in the original game, um, they, they tried Adam to Perugia, but they got his name horrendously wrong. Um, so they obviously had a, a big meeting about this at the old Perugia fan club and were like oh well we need to get Mark Emmers in here um, so someone added him as Mark Hemmers with an H which, <laughs> d- which, which, which didn't help so then someone else added him as uh, as Mark Emmers but at per- Perugia spelt with two R's and that's not, it's, it's not a real club so that's why it's at minor team um, so I, I should point out mine, mine's the Mark Emmers spelt with the C not the K yeah, yes. exactly. so if, if you load a game now you will find a Mark Emmers at Perugia but he has no stats in the database so he, 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 Brilliant. he's a goalkeeper or he's a striker or he's, you know, he could be anything um, yeah. and the real Mark Emmers is available for next to nothing as a minor team and uh, that's why we all love him so yeah he played seven games for Perugia as well not worth the effort was it I'm not surprised I probably couldn't find him <laughs> I kept writing it down on the team sheet like where is Mark Hammers <laughs> uh, Andrew you have gone for a real footballer <laughs> could, could you pronounce his name because I can't do it I'm going to say Richard <coughs> Richard Vichka of, uh, of Ajax uh, yeah. I will take that yeah why do you look I think, God, I think it's just the fact that he is so good in that position. His stats are so good. He's rated so highly with abilities. He's quite possibly one of the best midfielders in in the, in the database. I think 
as much as it's difficult to get a hold of him throughout the game, um, I, I can't see beyond there being a, a better defensive central midfielder in, in that database than, than him. Uh, you do make a strong argument, but Bjorn Heidenstrom came on the podcast, so... There is that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to be honest, I did, I did have, I did have Bjorn in the back of my mind there for that position, but I thought it, you know, for me it would be too obvious. Uh, well, for you perhaps. <laughs> yes. We have to play at our strengths here, so um, <laughs> you know, we, we could not put Bjorn in our team. So uh, I'm going to have to side with uh, with Ross on this one. So Bjorn gets the uh, defensive midfielder slot. Plus, when he was on the podcast, he said he played um, as the meat half, which I think meant defensive midfielder. But I didn't, I didn't really want to ask him what it meant, so. Uh, all right so under the central midfielder i guess he's probably your more more attacking of the two midfielders anyway um andrew let's get this out the way why have you put neil redfern in here (laughs) let's get (laughs) this out of the way great total unorthodox (laughs) selection i think you know the the barnsley save obviously which i blocked out used to do a lot as a kid um and i think more recently probably as the as the years go by playing this game you start to realize that the visible stats aren't necessarily everything. Um, and and in the, obviously in the Barnsley save, when I managed to keep them up, I think he, he, he banged in 10 plus goals in that season. And I think you see him do it all the time in the game. Every time I've bought him and played him, especially in this formation, in that position, he just smashes the goals in all season long for a midfielder getting into double figures. Is In that position is exactly what you want. Uh, never let us down. So I think as much as you could go for some far more statistically amazing players he's just been a real find for me and you know i would i would recommend anyone to try him out in that position and, and see how well it goes that's fair enough it's uh it was all about having players you had a, had a tie to and he's obviously performed for you so um ross did, did neil redford manage leads for a bit about nine different times yeah he was one of the <laughs> coaches under um massimo Chilino, who was always there came uh, back, kept coming back <laughs> brilliant yeah um he was also Newcastle's reserve team manager for about three weeks. <laughs> He's a lovely bloke. He was doing all the lead coaching on his own at one point, putting the cones out and everything. He was literally the only coach we had. <laughs> well, only money. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, Ross, who have, you, uh, who have you slotted in here? I've got Mark Emmers here for me. Uh, again, to my Liverpool save, he was like, vital in that central midfield because I wasn't trusting Jamie um, Redknapp playing full season for me in central midfield. So, yeah, I bought him in and he was fantastic all year long. That's probably wise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Nick, who have you got now? I've gone with Morton Biscard. Uh, this was a player when I first started playing the game, the amount of times it flashed up on the news, Morton Biscard signs, Morton Biscard signs, every mm-hmm. time I started a new game. And I spent many a sleepless night wondering why are all these teams signing Morton Biscard? So I thought, I'm going to give him a go. So I, I signed him in the next save, and that was it. I don't think I've ever seen him have a rating below seven. So um, that's it, really. He's, he's he's quick, he's creative, he scores lots of goals, and he can play on the right as well. But, um, yeah, he's, he's awesome for me. Four, four seasons in, he's still wasting his time in the Wonder Kids B squad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do love Bisgard. I had him for my uh, my mighty, mighty Ajax team, where it, I just basically shit I was and signed every good player there was to sign. <laughs> and, and he was he was a key part of it. I do like him a lot, um, but I'm gonna have to go with with Mark Emmers again. He's just you see about Bisgard never getting under a seven. Emmers is, is uh, 
the, his average ratings are always high. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, it, it's inexplicable, really, because he obviously had a good career. He played for Belgium in the, I think he went the '94 World Cup or the '1990 World Cup. Either, either way, one of the two. Um, mm. You know, good player. Um, but I don't know why, but he was down as being this late bloomer, I think, in '97, uh, '98. <laughs> but um, I probably, I think, I had him as in the. Uh, the Scotland serve will end up going to Belgium and Emma's came with us from Aberdeen to uh, to Varigam. So uh, I have a special place for Mark Emma's. Nice. I, can't, I can't believe you can put an anomaly in midfield, but you won't put Phil Neville in goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Emma's is a centre midfielder. <laughs> Phil, I just weighed it. <laughs> Phil Neville is a snooker player, a retired snooker player. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so into attack and midfield. Um, so for this, I gave you the, the sort of criteria mm-hmm. of they can play uh, on the left or the right or the centre. So any any two attack and midfielders, basically. <coughs> um, Andrew, God help us, who have you got in here? Hey, this is a decent one. So this is the only recent one I've got in, uh, to be honest, which has come from the Wonder Kids save. Uh, Leonidas uh, has been absolutely phenomenal through all the seasons, I think. Until obviously he broke his back and was out for ten months, he was absolutely <laughs> killing it in the Premier yeah, League to start with. It's always the good ones. It's the story of so many young players. I mean, they're playing well, and then all, you, know, you wake up one day and you break your back. Like it's just, but, just... <laughs> again, he's one. He's one of those players where actually in the database he should have been at the club, but he wasn't. Um, so in in theory, another anomaly. But uh, yeah, he's been absolutely amazing. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's kind of kicked out who would have been in there and, and managed to sneak that place off me. And who, who's your other one? Off a right. Uh, yeah, whatever. Just the other attacker midfielder. It's uh, Tom Youngs. Oh, yes. I think if, yeah. if, if, you don't, if you don't try and sign Tom Youngs every time you play this game, then you're even a fan of the game. <laughs> he's sixteen years. He's, he's sixteen years old, so he's got massive longevity in the game. He's got unlimited potential, and he's always banging the goals and the assists. And I think the only problem is if a big team snaps him up to start with, and he doesn't get played, he doesn't reach that potential. So you've almost got to get him first. Otherwise, that's it. That is annoying. Um, I do like Tom Youngs, though. I really wanted to meet the Cambridge researcher because she. <laughs> I, I know. I know her name. I did track her down on Twitter, but for some reason, she didn't want to talk. I mean. <laughs> it's like, a story, it's like the story of my life, this. But there's a theme here, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like strangers approaching people on Twitter is not always a good idea. Um, but she had pretty much every player in this Cambridge squad. Certainly, the attackers as penned as being the next Alan Shearer. Like Youngs is amazing. Trevor Benjamin's amazing, which we all know that didn't true isn't true. <laughs> um, Jamie Barnwell Edinburgh. He normally gets England caps further down the line. Like. Um, they had a, an amazing squad up front anyway. They had very little anywhere else, but uh, it's very sad what happened to Tom Youngs later in life. Um, I don't, I'm assuming you've read about his this. book was tremendous. Have you read this book, have you? Yeah, it's brilliant. I would recommend buying it. It even talks about championship managers. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he does podcasts. <laughs> he's, 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 on, he's on Twitter, but he definitely hasn't used it for a while. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> he's actually quite unwell, but... Uh, Best wishes to Tom if he is listening. Um, Nick, uh, who's your uh, your two choices? Uh, so on the right, again, this was a, a toss-up really, uh, but I went for Ortega in the end, ahead of Alfonso. Um, Ortega, this was a, a more recent find of mine. Um, 
you see Ortega on it all the time, but like 15.75 million. And I think, no, you can't be worth that. Um, and But quite often, obviously, he doesn't sign a new contract at Valencia and you can nab him on a free in the summer as long as you can afford his wages. Uh, so I got him for my initially for my Man City side in a recent save. And um, I was overflowing with options up front. So I stuck him on the right wing and that was it. He never looked back. He was just scoring plenty from there. Um, yeah, just supplying the front two and smashing loads in himself. So yeah, he made a great winger actually when I wasn't expecting it. So no, he's actually down as a, a forward right centre. So mm. forwards are just as adept in that position as, as oh, midfielders yeah. by the look of it. Oh yeah, completely. Um, Rossi actually also picked Ortega, which means he gets an automatic pass into our team. Um, yeah, he's, he's so <laughs> he's so expensive. Um, I don't think I've ever owned him outright. What was what was your dealings with him, Ross? Uh, I had him for my uh, Champ Manager Cup team last year, and he uh, single-handedly won a couple of games for me. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I seem to remember he goes for like sixteen million sometimes in the first season. Um, yeah, which yeah. Is some some it's pretty much the biggest price you'll see on that. I think. Yeah, I didn't pay that. I got him for free, incidentally. So. Yeah, I think I had his. I think I had his regen for uh, for Darlington in the uh, the save that went on forever. Um, she was called like someone McAllister, which is not a very Argentinian name, but um, there's a reason for that, which we'll probably come on to one day. Um, Nick, who was your other uh, your other attack midfielder in there? Uh, on the left, um, this might surprise a few as well. I've gone for Martin Reuser, uh, the Dutch winger, oh, formerly yes. of formerly of Ipswich in real life. Um, but yeah, uh, pre-patch, he started, he's at Ajax. Um, <laughs> And he's actually a bit easier to get hold of on the pre-patch version for about a million because he doesn't generally doesn't play much for Ajax. But on the patch version, he's at Vitesse, and obviously he's a key player for them on there. As I'm finding at the minute in my um, Louis Van Gaal challenge, I'm desperately trying to get him from Vitesse, but they're they're not interested in selling. But um, yeah, just on the left wing, he he scores bucket loads of goals as well and creates loads as well, and his ratings are really high. And and he's only 22 years old, so. Great player. He's been on my Wonder Kid shortlist for four years, and that's kind of prizing my work. He's got, he's, <laughs> yeah. got, he's, he's got no release clause. No. <laughs> you do wonder if Switch ended up signing Martin Rosa based on champ manager, because he didn't really pull up to the <laughs> at Ipswich, unfortunately. No, sad that. But, um... <laughs> uh, Ross, who was your other choice? Uh, Bakayoko. Oh. I don't think you need to say anything else, do I? If you're not signed Bakayoko before, then you don't really, you shouldn't be playing this game. No, I mean, the thing is with Bakayoko is that he was, when I first got this game, obviously, I think my first attempt at it, I was terrible, and second time round, I thought, well, let's actually, you know, try and sign some players this time, and I needed a replacement yeah. for Alan Shearer, and um, Bakayoko was the go-to man, um, and he just scored bucket loads of goals, mm-hmm. and from that moment on, um, I think I've signed him every time I've been able to. Uh, he is... Probably he certainly was my favourite Chapman player for a long time. Um, so he's obviously he can be absolutely anonymous for games and then just suddenly appear and score a hat trick and then do nothing yeah, else for him. Yeah, yeah. I actually realised the other day I've seen him play as well. Um, he was <laughs> he was in an Everton team that lost to Newcastle in the FA Cup in '99, I think it was. Um, so, <laughs> so good for him. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean I say Ortega's got to get in because two you picked him and uh, I'm putting back Yoko in. Yeah, but fair enough. It's, it's unfortunate to the other three because they're all very, very useful players to have. Yeah. So, one to the strikers, the money makers. Um, 
Uh, Nick, let's start with you for a change. Who have you gone for? Well, if my midfielders surprised a few, then my strikers definitely will. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with one first that a lot of people will have heard of, which is Miklos Molnar. <laughs> Not Phil Neville, sorry. <laughs> um, Danish dynamite Miklos Molnar. Um, basically, every time I've signed him, he's available for, I think, between 200 and 300k, and he just averages 20 to 30 every season for me, um, just at every level as well, just just scores for fun. I don't think I've ever had a season where he's not really done it, so I think he has to go in, just just, just for the fact that he's so cheap as well. You know, he's a, he's a great striker. Well, sorry, he is a forward. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, I don't think I've ever signed Mikos Molnar. And people keep telling us, oh, you know, he's great, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, I, I've always overlooked him. Um, yeah. Where, <coughs> how much do you normally pick him up for at the start? He, he's generally uh, maybe two seven five something like that. Okay. Oh, wow. um, not million. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, yet. Yeah, he's, he's very cheap. From I think it's Lingby. He starts at the Danish club yeah. and generally always available. And yeah, just just scores loads, which is what you want, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check him out. And uh, who have you got partnering? Uh, Molnar. This is probably one of the most obscure players in all three of these lineups, um, and I'm not sure how many people have heard of him. But I've gone for the Chilean striker Rodrigo Barrera. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of him. Is this, no. the, is this the chap you had at Man City on your save that time? I did have him at Man City. Yeah, I, I I've signed him at lower league clubs, and I've signed him for Premier League clubs. And again, his goal record is phenomenal. He's he's 27 years old. Chilean international, I think he's at something like Universidad de Chile or whatever they're called, the same club as Acuna, Clarence Acuna. Um, you and, know, um, yeah, Clarence, Clarence Acuna once got arrested dressed as Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> you were dying to tell that story, Dave, and I've just set it up for you. I know, I, I never thought the day would come, but here we are. All it took was a, you know, a mention of Universidad de Chile. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, um, he, Barrera, you can normally get him for about 160, 170k. Um, and the only thing with him is some of his stats are random, um, but he's always got good shooting. Um, but the first time I discovered him, I was I was actually Valencia, and I was just trawling the transfer list like you do, putting in the stats. Um, and he he popped up, and I, I looked at him, and he had 20s all over the place. And I thought I'll, I'll take a punt on him for that price. And he scored a hat trick on his debut, and that was it. He never looked back. He got some thirty something goals in the first season, and then from then on, yeah. Provided you don't have any work permit issues with him, he's um, yeah, he's a great striker. All right, so um, Andrew, can you top that? Who have you who have you gone for? Come on, this is me. I'm never going to top that. Um, but to be honest, I have gone for a massive. Un- underappreciated CM9798 legend in one slot, which is Marcus Perk. Oh, yeah. um, I think mm-hmm. I remember when the, when the game came out, my older brother had a save with uh, Saint-Étienne, totally dominated France. He smashed the goals in, total goal machine. Uh, and I think recently I drafted him into the, the Dortmund challenge and he pretty much bagged a goal a game. Um, never never fails whatever kind of league I've had him in. He's, he's, he's pretty much nigh on, like I say, a, a almost a goal a game striker at least for a couple of years anyway um absolutely amazing 
do like Marcus Perk. He's uh, available for, I wouldn't say next to nothing, but a couple of mil, I think, will probably get him. And uh, I think I managed him for like 500k oh, really? on, uh, yeah, on the dome test and save, like, but then okay. probably depends when you buy him. I've been ripped off. Um, <laughs> who have you got up front with uh, with Marcus Perk? Uh, and and this one is straight out of the um, the brilliant the Norwegian database to life, which is Christian by Anderson. Um, obviously, I've got a bit of an obsession with that element of the database and bring it to life. But obviously, pulled him into the Rosenborg save where he absolutely smashed it in the Premier League. And I think I've seen other people now on on Twitter obviously picking up on that and, and pulling him into saves and scoring like. 30 odd 40 goals a season so I think he's one where again until kind of I dug into that I would never have picked him I think the only downfall is he needs a bit of time and I think I discovered that uh, to that failing to myself when I picked him for the CM 97 98 cup um, because obviously the way it's played straight from the bat he's he, he just needs a bit of time to get going so harsh way to learn that lesson um, just to back up Andrew's point there as well is that um for those who aren't aware, the database is full of Scandinavian teams because there was a Scandinavian release for 96-97 and obviously the players were created uh, in the database but they never actually released a, a version of it so all the teams are in there. All the players were made on the theory that if you were the best team in Norway you would be as good as say Man United so there's a lot of ah. souped up uh, Norwegians hanging around. Um, <laughs> available for next to nothing but um, they all co- go on to be outstanding and that's why quite often further down the line you get the likes of OB um, and other Scandinavian clubs dominating Europe so and the thing with this guy is you'll get you'll, you'll get him for 5k 5k it's, it's even cheaper than Mikos Molnar um, <laughs> so if any of you are interested in Andrew's uh, Scandinavian database we uh, we threw them up onto the blog when Andrew blogged all the Scandinavian stuff so um, check that out or if you can't find it tweet me or Andrew and we'll, uh, we'll dig it out for you um, Ross who are your two strikers? Both of mine are going to cost you considerably more than 5k um, <laughs> I've gone for Ronaldo and Batistuto because I mean why wouldn't you the, the Probably the best two strikers in the game, arguably. Um, and as you found in the retirement home, Dave Batistuta can still do it. Plus 35. Yeah. Kind of. Well, yeah, he's better. So by that, by that logic, McQuinn should be in here, yeah? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> he's here tonight. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, first, first things first, right? I'm definitely putting Ronaldo in because I'm just obsessed with Ronaldo from that era. Um just unbelievable. Like, I think you should get his haircut. At, at, at this rate, I might have to. Like, I think we're at the point now where um, custom haircuts are encouraged. Um, <laughs> no one's going to see them, really, so I will just try it. Um, I don't have that option, unfortunately. Ah, uh, well. So, <laughs> you, you and Bartes can... Uh, Me and Bartes <laughs> And actually Rob Page, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're well represented here. Um, so, so, yeah, Ronaldo is taking one of the slots. Now, I'll run you through my thinking for the other one. Um, Batistuta, I can't have because we've already got four non-EUs and I'm not, okay. and I'm not rotating another one. So he's, uh, he's having to take, take a seat on the sidelines. Um, Barrera has the same problem. Uh, Molnar, I've never owned, so struggling to kind of justify him. Um, by Anderson, uh, again, 5k. That's why you just put Shearer in and so on and so No, I, well... <laughs> Yes, but also <laughs> uh, I'm going to opt for Marcus Perk um, because 
I've seen him in pretty much every save, as Andrew says. He, he ends up being outstanding, presuming he's you know actually played football, um, and he, uh, he he's more than worthy of his place. And I think we need to encourage more people to get on the Marcus Perk bandwagon. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Yeah, I had him for Celtic not so long ago, and yeah, he was awesome. So there you go. That's our team. The only the only the only annoying thing is his caps are wrong in the game. <laughs> <laughs> How 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 wrong are they? Like, oh, like massively wrong, massively wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll let that one go. I mean, Maradona's got zero goals or indeed caps according to the game. So, <laughs> so you know. I, find it, I find it bizarre that a player like Maradona's career history isn't even in there either. Yeah, bonkers. I do sometimes think they got so far through it. And they're like, you know what? That'll do. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deadline's a deadline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was talking to Nick last night about, uh, this is just something me and Nick talk about, about Barry Venison, and uh, <laughs> he, he actually retired in about 1996, but ends up being in the game at Southampton, and they went, oh, actually, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not at Southampton, so we'll just put him on a free transfer. So Yeah, we, yeah, we could have ended up with Diego Maradona at Perugia with two hours, couldn't we? So. Well, it's like, Ah, it wasn't it wasn't Boca Juniors with two C's or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely database. That's why we love it. The quirks make make it what it is. Yeah. Um, well, James, that's our team. Nick, if we ask you nicely, will you, will you make this into one of your little uh, lineups that you used to do? Certainly. Oh, oh I'll nice. do that. Great pleasure. Lovely. I'll add it to the list that's about two hundred teams long. Oh, <laughs> I don't want the full squad. I just want the old, uh, you know, the the good old. Um, when he did the FIFA cards and he made a team out of them. Oh, those? Sorry, I thought you meant the classic squad. Yeah, no, that's, that's I just, fine. Just, yeah. just get the 11 on a pitch somehow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I wasn't so lazy, I'd probably do it myself, but you... you, should, you should, <laughs> oh, you more than happily obliged. That would be much appreciated. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, so, that brings us to the end of our walk down 9798 lane. Um, gents, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, obviously, the... Th- the all three of you have been a massive part of the, the blog over the years, um, and I hope you continue to be for many years to come. Uh, I don't say there's enough, but I couldn't have done it without your help along the way. Um, if it was just me for this long, length of time, it definitely wouldn't have lasted this long. So uh, thank you all for what you've contributed over the years, and uh, here's to many more. Oh, thank you, Dave. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no thanks very much, Dave. And I just hope that later on you get a decent draw in the cup. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely didn't reco- we definitely didn't record this bit <laughs> after the draw definitely isn't written down in front of me <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, Andrew where can people find you on Twitter in case they don't know oh it's at King of the Rooks great stuff and Nick where can they find you mine's uh, Nick Row 85 all uh, lowercase of course, Nick, as you mentioned, you've been working very hard recently on producing classic squads for people. Um, we're working on getting them into a sort of gallery under the blog because uh, they're kind of strewn out across various threads on Twitter and they deserve their own place. So yeah, we're, they're fantastic. We're, we're going to put them in, a, in one page on the on the blog and just keep updating that post over and over whenever Nick gets time to do them. So um, Yeah, I've been um, updating that page. Um, there's still a couple I want to redo, but once, once it's all sort of done it'll, it'll be going up so uh yeah, yeah that's coming soon looking forward to it and uh say so people love them uh every, every, pretty much every morning when i'm just waking up i get a uh, i get a notification <laughs> myself and then 
<laughs> people get lost in, in nostalgia for a couple of hours and it's great. So. Why is he a star player? Why isn't he a star player? No, that, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, if anyone's listening to this... That position's wrong. If anyone listens to this who enjoys Nick's, uh, Nick's little squads he puts together, just appreciate them for the effort he's put in. Don't ask him why certain players are star players, why they aren't. I mean, come on. Like, if you can do better, crack on, but just, just appreciate it for what it is. So when are you yeah, going to yeah. do? When are you going to do a squad of twenty-four Phil Nevilles as goalkeepers? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I actually got asked. I can't remember who by. I actually got asked to do a squad of twenty-two Gary Breens. Wow. <laughs> Nick, you said you wouldn't mention this. <laughs> <laughs> twenty-two Gary Breens. No, they, they they've gone down very well. Actually, it's nice to to hear the good comments. And as you said, after the um. The Jeff Hurst gate I had with the England <laughs> six one, I sort of said, Do you know what? I'm gonna let whoever asks for it pick the star players. Let them take the flack. I'm staying out of it, yeah. Yep. What you should do going Sensible. forward is in every single squad just put Phil Neville in as a star player. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree, hundred <laughs> percent. It's the way forward. Alright, gents. Well, thank you very much and uh, we'll move on to what was hopefully an interview. So I'm joined now by uh, an absolute legend of, of not just championship manager but also of football. He is a former Sweden international, and his name is Nicholas Alexanderson. Nicholas, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm very well. Well, thank you. Uh, nice to speak to you. Yes, likewise. I'm very grateful for you giving us your uh, your time today. Um, I was just reading through your uh, your history just before we start the chat here and. It's quite remarkable, really, when you look back and you've, you've played in two World Cups, you've played in two European Championships, you went and represented Sweden at the 92 Olympics, and uh, perhaps most importantly of all, you have scored a goal at St James's Park, Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> out of all of that, can you, can you pick a, a highlight, a, a top moment? Um, well, I think it has to be a few. Um Winning the the league back in Sweden with uh, my club IFK Gothenburg, especially uh, I've done it twice, but especially the second one when I was uh, captain of the team after moving back home from England in 2007, that was. And also, I think uh, the World Cup in uh, Japan and Korea, uh, it was my first World Cup and especially the opening game in, in my first World Cup game ever against England, uh, scoring the equaliser. That's probably two of the, the highlights in, in the career. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that goal against England. Uh, did you get much stick from, uh, from your English teammates around that sort of time? Well, uh, it was a bit of both, I guess. Uh, Coming back to to Everton after the championship, there was a few. Uh, we had a few Scottish players in, <laughs> in, in the team, and they they were quite happy. Uh, I think you know with the rivalry between Everton and Liverpool as well, there were quite many Liverpool players in the England squad. So, so the, some of the the, the Englishmen weren't too uh, disappointed. Uh, so, but it, it, it was nice coming back to to the club after after scoring against England. It was a very special game, you know. The, you, England had a Swedish coach as well, Sven Göran Eriksson. So it was a, a lot of things that were special about that game. 
Yes, I bet that must have been uh, quite quite strange, really. But uh, so if we, if we go back to um, to 1997, when uh, you moved from Gothenburg to Sheffield Wednesday, um, was that when Big Ron was the manager, Ron Atkinson? Yeah, that's uh, correct. It was Big Ron uh, who was in charge of Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, they started really poorly that uh, season and uh, were struggling. So um, I had played for... Uh, IFK both in the Swedish league and also in the champion uh, Champions League where we qualified both 96 and 97 so and I knew that there were clubs abroad uh, that uh, were following me uh, but it all happened very quickly when uh, when uh, Sheffield Wednesday contacted my agent uh, I think it was beginning of December so it only took me two days to decide to 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 join the club and uh, yeah i was very happy to to get the chance uh, to to move from quite a small league the swedish league to to the big premier league yeah. and uh, that was a big step for me and uh, a dream come true really yeah and what was uh, what was ron Atkinson like to to work with uh, i think yeah i mean he was uh, uh, <laughs> A big character, yes. first of all. Um, uh, you could hear and hear him and see him, and uh, he was very, you know, charismatic. Uh, uh, I, I think with that kind of managers, you either like them or you don't. But uh, in my case, he was very good to me, so I, re- I really enjoyed uh, play play my football under him. Un- unfortunately, I'd only been there for. Uh, uh, less than two months uh, when I did my cruise shirt and then and then when I got back from the injury f- to the next season he, he was um, wasn't remaining at the club so uh, I, w- I wasn't uh, able to play that long under him but uh, the, the games I, I had uh, under him I enjoyed really much yeah uh, who um, who came in uh, after Ron uh, after Ron, it was uh, Danny Wilson. Oh, yes. uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, having not played that many games for the clubs and them being out for, for a long time, it was a bit of a worry for me if if I was going to get the game again when I got fit. But uh, he also uh, Danny Wilson showed a lot of faith in me. So as soon as I... Uh, recovered from my injury i was i was straight back into the, the team and uh, i was very thankful for that so yeah. uh, and not too long after i came back uh, i had probably for my from my point of view the, the most memorable game myself uh, that i played in the premier league uh, it was against united uh, at hillsborough and uh, i scored uh, twice in the 3-1 victory and United had a really good team at the time, so they won most of the games. Yeah. So that, that 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 was a yeah big feeling to 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 score twice against them and to to get the win. Yeah, as you say, they didn't really lose very often back then, and uh, especially with with Alex Ferguson in the dugout, it must have been nice to get one over them. Um, so around this sort of time is uh, is when. Championship manager in 87, 88 was coming into the world and uh, as you're probably aware, yourself, a bit of a legend on the game for many reasons. One, you're rather good, but also you can play in every single outfield position. <laughs> do, you know, do you know anything about this? How did this come about? 
Uh, well, uh, first of all, I'm not much of a gaming person, but uh, Championship Manager is actually one of the games I, I used to play, uh, especially, you know, going to away games and staying in hotels oh, and yeah, that. Yeah. And it was, I, re- I remember it was a lot of my teammates that did as well. Um, yeah, I, I've understood uh, quite recently uh, uh, that I am a bit of a yeah, special player in that <laughs> game. Uh, I've, I've read uh, quite a few, you know, where, where you get tagged into on Twitter, for yes. example. So, so I can, I, I've seen uh, those, and yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I was a player in real life as well. That was quite all round. Uh, mm maybe didn't uh, was top in any of the areas but not that bad in in a, either area as well so yeah so it's a bit special it is <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you say was your your best position if someone said you know where where did you play most of your career what would you say uh, i played most of my career as a right winger uh, and that was probably my best position uh, I, I would say I was a player, you know, both defending and going forward. Uh, I, w- I was a bit of both, uh, 50-50, I would say. And uh, so so right wing was probably my best position. But but I have actually played, except from, from goalkeeper, <laughs> I think I've played in any position uh, in real life as well. Oh, that's good. At least the researchers got it right. That's it's uh, always good yeah. to know. Um, so uh, back into into the real world, if you like, um, you uh, moved to Evan in two thousand. Um, what was what was Walter Smith like? Well, uh, I, I knew um, I had a very good season the last at Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, unfortunately we were relegated. But for me personally, it was probably my best season in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got. Uh, the Player of the Year award from from the fans, which I was really grateful for. Uh, and then um, there was a few clubs uh, interested, but I know Walter Smith uh, had kept an eye on me since we played uh, Glasgow Rangers in the qualification for the for the Champions League when I played for Gothenburg when we 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 beat them three 0 at home mm. at Ullevi and then drew one one away. So. I had two two quite good games there, so I knew, I knew that uh, he really wanted me to the club. Uh, and it's the same with him. I, I really enjoyed playing football under him. Unfortunately, uh, I uh, had quite a lot more injuries than I had at Wednesday, which yeah, sort of affected my, uh, my time at Everton. Uh, the first two seasons was uh, okay, but then uh, the last uh, year and a half, uh, uh, I didn't play the best football in my career. Far away from that, uh, to be fair. Oh, so, um, yeah. So after that, of course, you still went on to play in the um, 2006 World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So you, f- you, f- you finished your career with 109 caps for Sweden, which you know. Is an incredible effort, especially as you say you had a couple of injuries in there as well. So to come out with, with 109 caps is, uh, is a testament to, to you as a player, really. Um, but if I take you right back to the start, so if we look at the the 1992 Olympic squad, 
Um, you know, you played alongside the likes of, uh, of Tom Sproley and, uh, and Joachim Bjorkland. Um, were you at all surprised at how quickly a lot of those players moved on to play for, you know, big European sides, or was it just kind of like overnight success? Uh, no, I wasn't that surprised, to, to be fair. Um, the qualification leading up to the Olympics 92 was the Euro under 21 that we played 91. And we, we reached uh, the final um, against uh, Italy. And on the way there, we knocked out uh, some, some strong uh, national teams like Holland and mm. uh, Scotland. And, uh, um, so... Uh, I mean, going, it's not often it happens that an uh, under-21 team in Sweden uh, reach a, a European final. Uh, so uh, so uh, it wasn't surprising that many of the players from that team would move on to the, to the first team. And uh, I mean, uh, Thomas Brolin already before had his uh, breakthrough and also... Uh, yeah, there were quite a few, Patrick Anderson and, mm. as you said, Joachim Björklund in the Euro 92 already, uh, home in Sweden. Oh, yes. uh, had a good tournament and then obviously, yeah, the biggest success maybe, uh, at least since 58 where Sweden got silver, but the 94 World Cup, uh, which is probably, yeah. The most famous, uh, yeah, success in yeah. Sweden for, for a national team. Were you anywhere near the, the squad for '84, or was it still a bit early in your career? Uh, no, I was quite close. Um, I made my debut uh, in the last qualifier uh, in November '93. Uh, there were a few players missing uh, through injury at that game, and then I went with the team to the pre. World Cup in the United States, uh, like in February. So I, I knew uh, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, a regular in in the in the squad. But I knew if I had a good uh, first half of a season in Sweden, um, I could have a chance. But unfortunately, I, in the pre-season, going into that season, I had I had an injury for two months, so I was a bit behind the schedule when the season started so I didn't really manage to to perform at a consistent level there so uh, so I had a chance to to nick one of the last uh, places in this uh, in the squad but unfortunately uh, I didn't play well enough to 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 take one of those well, you obviously more than made up for it later on by, as you say, playing over 100 times for Sweden. Um, looking back over your career, who would you say was the um, the best player you, you came up against in a match? Oh, there, there's been quite a few. Um, if I take the one that I come straight up against, like playing at right wing, yeah, I've played, for example, against Paolo Maldini when he played for AC Milan. Uh he was one of the best left backs. Uh, I played against Roberto Carlos, who was also really good. And uh, I also thought Ryan Giggs, when he was at his best, you know, playing as a left winger, he, he was up amongst the best as well. So there you have three names. And then overall, I think Thierry Henry, when he played for Arsenal, I didn't ca- ca- came up against him uh, myself but uh, 
uh, as an opponent, I think he 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 was one of the best players uh, playing for for the opposition. Yeah, he was absolutely unbelievable, wasn't he? Especially around the time you would have been at uh, at Everton, he was really coming through into being yeah. a, a world class player. Um, and what about of all the people you've played with? Who would you say was uh, was your greatest teammate? Uh, oh, it's the same there. there. There's been quite a few. Um, at Sheffield Wednesday, for example, I thought Paulo Di Canio was a different class. To to be fair, uh, in, it's easier to say someone you you know you train with every day yes. rather than maybe in the national team. So. At Sheffield Wednesday, I thought Di Canio was the one that uh, stood out maybe most. Uh, at Everton, yeah, there were quite a few. Uh, obviously, Wayne Rooney came through. He, he was may- maybe not at his best when he was like 18, as he was when he when I was there, but he be- became one of the best, certainly. Uh, yeah, there, yeah. There, there were a few. And in the national team, I would say, you know, Henrik Larsson... Frederick Jungberg, Slatan, uh, and yeah, was, Thomas Brolin, for example. Oh, yeah. um, there's there's a few. So I was uh, I was going to ask you about Slatan, so I'm pleased you mentioned him. Um, is he the same person behind you know in the dressing room that as he is we see in the media, where he's you know a thousand percent confident in himself, or is that just <laughs> all for sure? Well, now it's it's quite a long time since I played with him, and he was quite young when he came up. When I still was in the national team, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's he's certainly got a good uh, self confidence. He, he's always had that. I think some some things, you know, in the media. I think I think he likes when you know with the attention yes. he gets yeah. and and I, I think that motivate motivates him a bit so uh, but uh, certainly i mean he, he he's a confident guy and he he will he would never take uh, shit from anyone <laughs> I, I would i would say no i bet not <laughs> i wouldn't like to uh, to fight and put it that way no. <laughs> um okay so if we go back round to uh, to the game now you say you're not much of a gamer but you did play this game a little bit. Um, do you have any memories of playing this particular game? Or, uh, well, uh, uh, it was quite a, a long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, re- I remember, uh, you know, you, you you started with the squad. Often you maybe at that time I was with IFK, so that's maybe where where you picked your own team. But of course, you always also pick teams like in the Premier League to to coach, and then yeah, you tried to. To to find these bargains you know, that weren't too 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 expensive and uh, you know that could do the job for you and then it was you know to to get the right for formations and things like that and then you sat sat watching those you know flashes when when <laughs> there were chances and and scorings and that so yeah and I, I really enjoyed that game I have to say did you uh, used to try and buy yourself regardless of which club you were. Yeah, yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, and uh, and funnily enough, I think even my son, you know, he he still likes to play the championship manager. And uh, I know he, he, when he was younger, he also played this old game, ninety seven, ninety eight, one. So I think he enjoyed to 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 try, uh, you know, when I played there as well. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And what about yourself in retirement? Have you looked into man- management at all, or are you? Uh... 
Um, yeah, I, I work with football. I'm, I'm kind of ma- not manager as a team, but I, I work at the, uh, teaching football at the school where um, we have a lot of talented young boys and girls who, who want to become footballers. So they have uh, football three times a week uh, scheduled in, in the school uh, schedule so um yeah I've, I've done that since since retiring from my own football career and uh, enjoy working with uh, with youngsters and and try you know to to get them to understand what what it takes to if if they want to become professional footballers yeah that's quite rewarding as well how do you um if we ever get football back again um how do you see Sweden getting on at Euro 2021, whatever it's going to be called? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, uncertainties going on, you know, with uh, with everything that's happening in the world yes. right now. So, so it's it's really hard to say. One may uh, it might be in this in this advantage for Sweden that uh, we have a few older players that were going to retire probably after the, the, the championship, like Andreas Grunkvist, for example, Sebastian Larsson. And, and now we'll see. What they've said is that they are going to hang hang in there and try to, to, to get a place in the squad, even though it's a year later. But, yeah, we'll see how that affects the team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we will keep on doing the things we've done that made us successful before you know we we maybe don't have as many to to choose from as the the biggest football countries in the world but uh, we we often get it good together as a team by working for each other and uh, and be strong as a team and i think sweden will keep on doing that uh, especially now with the with the new managers they've got uh, They've really, you know, tried to even make that more clear that uh, we we don't have, you know, the the stars of Slatan uh, anymore. So we have to rely on, you know, the team more than rather than yeah. individuals. Who would you say was the? I know you said it's more about the team, but who would you say was like the standout player in Sweden at the moment? At the moment, oh, uh, well, in. in it has been. I, I wouldn't say it has been anyone in particular, but we have a few young, exciting players like Alexander Isak, the, oh, yeah, the striker yeah. in 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 Spain, uh, for example. Um, there there are a few more, Robin Quaison, and there's a young who has been been injured now, Victor Claesson. That uh, looks very interesting, but. Uh, I mean, we've, we've we've mainly been relying on you know a strong defence where Andreas Grönqvist and Victor Nilsson Lindelöf have been important uh, players. Yeah. So I think yeah, there, there's a few. Well, fingers crossed. Hopefully, uh, we get football back sooner or later, and this time next year we'll be looking forward to the tournament. So uh, hopefully, uh, from Sweden's point of view, everyone's fit and raring to go because uh, I think we'll all be more than ready for the tournament by this time next year yeah uh, uh, Nicholas that's uh, that's been fantastic to chat to you um, 
if people want to talk to you on, on Twitter and things, are you happy for, just to, to share your, uh, your your Twitter username? Yeah, 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 that's okay, yeah. Brilliant, we'll do that. Um, that's been fantastic, Nicholas. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thank you. It was nice to, to be on your, your pod. special interview there. Uh, me and uh, Ross are now joined by another Ross. Uh, this is Ross Jacobs, who you may know as Ridley82 from Twitter. Uh, Ridley, how are you, sir? I'm very well, David. How are you? Oh, yes, fine, yes. We're, uh, <laughs> we're in the, the last leg of this podcast now. It's, uh, some would say the most important bit, because in a moment we're going <laughs> to do the draw for the 2020 CM Cup. But before we get on to that, uh, Ridley, can you just give us a bit of your, uh, your champman history? When did the game come into your life? Um, quite early on, actually, when when Championship Manager had brought out all the different genres, like this Italian one, the German one, it's that's when it really caught my eye. I used to play football games all the time, late 80s, early 90s, not giving away my age. Um, but, uh, yeah, me and my older brother used to play them. And then when... I suppose the one before 97, 98 came out, um, come out, that's when it really piqued my interest because there was a lot of chat about it at school. It's like, wow, you can do all this, do all this. Do... It was so intricate um, and it was really involved with itself. You hadn't seen depth like it. Um, FIFA was still, you know, if the referee's booking you, you just run away from him. That was always funny. Um, sensible soccer was brilliant. Um, but, you know, this is like buying and selling players. You just wanted to spend money. And then 97, 98 came out, and, you know, you you had two games. One I'll get onto in a minute, but the 97, 98 really, really piqued the interest. Um, I didn't know back then, I was only younger, so you didn't know about the editing and all that. You learn about that when you're a bit older. Yeah. But um, just to you know, just to sign pl- decent players for Spurs, who I support, was just nice for once, instead of <laughs> instead of the drivel that was coming through the door. But champ managers, yeah, it's twenty odd years now. It's which is weird to say, but it's a it's a grain it's a game that just it just captured exactly what I wanted in a football manager game. Yeah, we and Ross have found us have been going through the, the series on the the earlier episode of this podcast, where it feels like ninety seven ninety eight seems to be like the sort of the central point for everybody um there's mm-hmm. always been like a well we had this this and this up until a point but then 97 98 was it was a real game changer um obviously it certainly has been for me i goes without saying obviously played a lot when i was younger but it's spawned into a lot more for me now as a as, a, <laughs> as an adult um it's pretty much a way of life now which is sad in a way but um I, you know I, I wouldn't change it uh and Really, since uh, since since we've got you on, may as well do some plugging. Um, so the last couple of years, you you and I have been running uh, CMO one or two blogs. Um, obviously, yeah, a little bit later on. Um, Chapman, yeah. one or two, where does that rank for you? You're going to hate me. It, 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 for me, it's the, for me, it's the best one. Um, just just because of just because of the unearthed players on it. Um, you. Your Toe Madeira story is fantastic for anyone that doesn't know. He was a player invented by one of the scouts. Um, he's very good. You can pick him up for peanuts. Um, then you've got your Maxim Chisalgos, Nicky Ferencos, all these players, Mike Duffs, um, Kerr, who I know you've met, Dave, um, Mark Kerr, and just all these players that 
it, I mean, we see a lot on Twitter where you get these legends, and it's just it's just very niche. It's just it's great, you know. Every save I do now and again, I rip a squad apart, bring these legends, alleged legends in. Excuse me, and um, it's great because in real life they were awful, but it, it's just it's just. <laughs> It's just you can buy them for peanuts and sell them for a massive profit. Um, but And I think it was just a little bit further on from CM 97, 98. And I, for me, it's every, every, everything's a preference. And for me, it's just um, it's, it's a better game for me. Um, but look, I, 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 I hold both games in such high esteem, but since doing the blog site as well it's it's been great i mean the amount of followers we got on is much appreciated um even the guy who used to manage salford on that um class of 92 seems to have joined us dave which is brilliant (laughs) andy johnson i don't know if you've seen ross but yeah it's for some reason he's um following us now and it's really weird um just seeing a jono is now following you it's like oh cool (laughs) is he on the game yeah, it's got a blue tick and everything. Um, but now the game's brilliant, um, and I love it. And I could play for it for hours. And I'm good. I've been dancing with the devil a lot the last few weeks. Um, I've been playing a lot of FM twenty. Um, but I'm soon gonna be. I'm I'm starting to get that like itch that you get now and again. It's good to have a break from these games, otherwise you get subsumed under them. And um, but nah, these games are brilliant. They come back and they're so they're just great games to play. I, I haven't really got a real definition for them, but they're just great games. They're so playable. They are. Um, yeah, they really are. It's it's perfect for them evenings when you just don't. It's going to sound a bit. It's going to sound a bit horrible, but when you don't want to think and you can just yeah. bang through a season and you've got none of this. You know, I get a lot on Football Manager Twenty where you've got. a deal with unhappy players, all these press conferences, training is so intricate. Sometimes I just want to just use one of I use a cheat tactic, rip Man United's a, a massive squad apart and um, with, with Spurs. So, yeah, it's escapism. That's what it is. It yeah. is, and we've found a lot recently, obviously, with the horrible situation in the world. Like, So many people have come back to these retro games. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's a safe place for them. And, you know... Yeah, it's uh, it's something they know, something they like. It's it is escapism from what's going on out in the real world, and you know, it makes me feel quite proud that we've been able, been a very small part in keeping people, you know, entertained during. Uh, yeah, the Corona Challenges blog post you posted up there has been a huge success, hasn't it? Really? No, people have gone mad for it, which again, yeah, it's great to see. Um, we yeah, I was just going to mention that, Dave. Uh, kudos to you. I mean, I think Ross just said it as well. It, it really spiked the minute you put up. I think it was a few challenges to do on your on the game. Yeah. It just apps. It just went through the roof. And I think yeah, I think people do gravitate that. It's probably our generation as well. I mean, I'm going to be 38 in June. I think down to. I think I know you. I know you're a bit young. You two are a bit younger than me. But it is that kind of six seven year um, mm-hmm. pit gap. I suppose that generation where yeah that they will gra- they will go back to somewhere something that they know just to kill time and all that and it does you can as i said you can knock off a season in three hours if you really want um and it's great and it's a sense of achievement and before you know it you know that's another day down especially <laughs> especially in these times as you say didn't you post a picture dave on twitter that you're most 
like uh, visited page at the minute, it's how to download 9798 well, and install it. Yeah, I think there was one day where it peaked where it's like over a thousand people land on the site from Google search, <laughs> just from Google searching the game, um, which it just shows you what people are doing when, when they've got the time to kill. Yeah, um, those dads who are going mad with their kids home all day. Well, you know, it, it's obviously we'd, we'd rather none of this was happening, but uh, it's nice to have, you know, yeah. a small part in uh, keep, keep people entertained. Definitely. Um, so on that note, um, it's nearly time for the 2020 CM Cup, um, which is our fourth cup. Um, Oof. I know. Every year I'm like, ah, this will be the last one. And then, you know, <laughs> no, you, you have babies and things and you think, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll have one next year. It's fine. Um, <laughs> is that a baby or a cup? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a cup. Definitely a cup. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ross Bell as our as our reigning champion, uh, probably only right that you're involved in the draw. Oh, nervous. Well, you've Butter, had, you've butterflies. We've had a nice eleven and a half months as the champion. Yeah, <laughs> I got myself a, a Ghana shirt out of my winnings last year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, not to dampen anyone's uh, expectations, but I doubt Classic shirts will be sponsoring us this year as they uh, decided yeah. to tweet about the game last week and didn't tag the site, which I thought was a kick in the tits, but, you know. Uh, well, they hold all the aces. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll find something, don't worry. Well, there'll be a trophy, at the very least. Uh, which, yes. You know, and you'll have the respect of others, which, in many ways, is, is, <laughs> is, is a more expensive prize. It's worth more than the Ghana shirt. But in another more accurate way, it is not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the uh, this year's theme uh, is... Euro 2097. So again, we had this great plan, which was we were going to run Euro 2020 with the 97, 98 squads. Uh, and then Euro 2020 got postponed, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so in terms of you know the teams and the draw, that's already been made. So you know we know who's in Group A, B, C, D, E, F. Um, which means all we need to do is draw out the 24 managers, and we're going to match them to the 24 countries, which is where my two Ross assistants come into it. Uh, so the managers and the squads are both numbered 1 to 24. Ross Bell, if you don't mind doing the managers, and then... Of course. Ridley, if you don't mind doing the, uh, the countries. Uh, yeah, no worries. We'll, uh, we'll get this underway. So, uh, Ross, the champ, when you're ready, if you want to uh, start us off. Okay, let's start on my lucky number then. Number 8. Number 8 is... Dan Williamson, who is our 2017 winner. Ooh. Ridders? Um, number 22. 22 is England. Oh. <laughs> Great start for Dan. Dan, nice. Dan owes me. <laughs> yeah, well, England have got a bit of an advantage here. Is that, um, as a kind of host nation in Euro 2020, they will get the same home games in this tournament, so... Um, oh, yeah. They're in a, a good place. Um, manager number 16, please, Dave. Uh, is another Dan, Dan Barker. Okay. Number three. He gets Russia. Oof. They're in Group B with uh, Denmark and Belgium and Finland. Oh, nice Finland. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, number 24. 24 is uh, Zach Brockman, who's our new CMO 102 blogger. Cool. Yeah, good lad he is. Um, number 17. 17, Zach gets Scotland. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, um, Zach. I know, unfor- unfortunately for Zach, um, Scotland 
Um, basically, we have, because there's the four playoff games that haven't been played, we we filled them with uh, possible playoff winners and then countries who've got a lot of players, which is where Scotland come into it. Um, so unfortunately for them, they're in the group of death with Portugal, France and Germany. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Oh, hey, wow. um, number, tw- <laughs> number 21, please, there. 21 is Andrew Walker, who came through the Anglo-Italian Cup qualifiers. He did. Number 11. Germany. Oh. Got to be happy with a that. Diff- a difficult beast to manage. Well, you've been there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> For three games, a knockout tournament, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, number four. Number four is uh, Tom Rostens of uh, BBC Reporting, and he's done some blogs for us. Number six. Croatia. Ooh. So Tom is in with Dan Williamson. Uh, you'll also have Norway and the Czech Republic in that group. Number 13. 13 is uh, Lee Avincio, or Liam, to give him his real name, another one of our bloggers. Mm-hmm. Number 24. Romania. Nice. So Romania are another... Um, we put them in as a, as a, as a kind of wildcard playoff. Um, they've got quite a lot of players. They're very good in the, in the 90s, so it's a good draw. Yeah. Uh, number two. Number two is uh, Jakob, um, who you may know on Twitter as Willy Rap. He's done a lot of Chapman 97 mm-hmm. videos. Number 10. Switzerland. Not a bad draw for Switzerland generally. They've got Turkey, Italy and Wales. Uh, Wales are pretty useless. Uh, oh God, <laughs> Wales are in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting Wales there. Uh, number six. Uh, six is uh, Mark Carruthers. Number eight. Norway. Mm. That's, that's a nice draw for Mark. Number 19. Uh, 19 is... Uh, Nathan, uh, who you may know as FMCM, um, he's doing some blogs over the summer. Number 16. 16 is Turkey. Not not terrible draw. Um, Turkey are quite good in this. They've got Hakan Suka, um, but they're in with Italy and Wales and Switzerland. Okay. Uh, number one. Number one is uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Suter. He won our bundle a few years ago. Oh yeah. Number thirteen. France. That's oh, it's a good draw for Dan, but uh, again they're in the the horrible group with Germany, Portugal, and uh, Scotland. Uh, number ten. Number ten is uh, Michael, um, or you may know him as Corinthian Collector. Oh yeah. Did some blogs for us in the very early days. Number one. Finland. <laughs> Ooh, cool. I just want to remember who they got. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not really sure how many... Nah. <laughs> Lippmannen, is that about it? Yari Lippmannen and <laughs> so on. <laughs> and others. Uh, number 11. Uh, is Rob Tate. Uh, he did Tate's Tactic Truck for us uh, before the 2018 <laughs> tournament. 23. Uh, Rob gets Spain. That's quite a good draw for an experienced manager with a good team. So, mm. Mm. Uh, 23. 23 is uh, King of the Rooks, or Andrew, if you like. He's uh, another one of our old bloggers. Number two. 
Sorry, Bert. You've got wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so, so bad. Uh, number 18. Number 18 is uh, Ridley. Ooh. Um, Picking your own team. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, this is where I think about it. Um, <laughs> number five. You've got the Ukraine. Uh, with Shevchenko spelt wrong, isn't it? Yeah, and Rebrov. And that Leon Angle chap. Who was, <laughs> you've, got a, you've got three good strikers. In Rebrov's in the game? Pretty sure he is, yeah. Yeah, well, well. Yeah. Uh, number 14. 14 is uh, 90s football, Paddy. Uh, 21. 21 is the Republic of Ireland. How, how fit <laughs> Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he pick an entirely P squad last time? Yeah, he picked the team of Patrick's. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay, number 15. Uh, number 15 is Nikolai, who was another one who won our Anglo-Italian qualifier. Number Dark horses he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number 20. He's got Italy. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that's one to watch is when, as you say, Nikolai's a tactical genius. Yeah, I mean, Italy won the cup under the guidance of FPL chief uh, in 2018, so we know they've got form and they've got a pretty decent group as well: Switzerland, Wales, uh, Wales, and uh, Turkey. So you'd fancy them to yeah. be quite deep. Uh, number three. Number three is Matt Wills, another one of our blog team. Nice. Number fifteen. Uh, he's got Portugal, which is again good for him, but the group is tough. Yeah. Uh, number 17 17 is Tom Reed, another one of our ever presents number 4 Austria Ooh. Uh, it's not great is it? Marcus Perk's decent but um, beyond that <laughs> Consul from Roma the keeper I think, he'll do um, number 5 uh, number 5 is Nick Rue uh, Nick's another one of our blog team yeah Crap, I now know. Oh dear, I'm going to pick one now. Um, number 19. Number 19 is the Czech Republic. Dave, you're right to swap number 7 now because I now know what it is. Uh, give me another number who's who's, not, who's left. Uh, can you swap it with 14? Yes, yes, I Four. can. Brilliant. Uh, I'll, cut, I'll cut this whole section out, don't worry. <laughs> 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 yeah. Alright, I've got four left. No, one, two, three, four, five left. Uh, number 20. Number 20 is uh, Michael Marden, uh, one of the quickly Kevin hosts. Um, number nine. He gets Sweden. Ooh, dark, dark horses. Uh, he's got Henrik Larsson. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But Sweden, mm. as we know, have got a lot of hidden gems. It depends if Michael's willing to dig in and find them or not. Yeah, um, number 12. Number 12 is uh, Dave Matheson, who was on the pod last time out. Oh, yeah. Number 7. Number 7 is Denmark. Ooh, Laudrup. Laudrup's. Laudrup's. Yeah. Ridley, you had them a few years ago, didn't you? I'm not... Do you know what? You played a game in that World Cup while I was asleep, so (laughs) that that holds bad memories to me. Uh, Number 22. (laughs) 22 is uh, Ash Rose, uh, host of uh, Alive and Kicking, 90s podcast. Number 18. Ash has got Holland, which I Ooh. think he had a few years ago, actually, in, this, in the World Cup. <laughs> Familiar with him, then. Number 7. 
Seven is yourself, Ross. Oh, God. Number okay. 12. Belgium. Oh, okay. It's not Ooh. bad. You've got Mark Emmers. Who is I have. <laughs> <laughs> My midfield's built around that, man. And um, you can finally answer the question of, can he fix it? Shield's a builder. Shield's a builder. And then finally, then, number nine. Number nine is uh, FPL Chief, or Ash, give him his real name. Uh, 2018 winner. So that should leave 14. Which is Poland. Ooh. Wow. So, that's, that concludes the draw. I always want to say that. Um, <laughs> I will, um, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll have all this in beautiful graphical format. I'm not going to read through it all now. Um, but uh, <laughs> the managers of the world, I'll let you all know who you've got and we'll start getting these games played. Uh, the, the tournament will be laid out in a series of blogs as usual um, so yeah we're looking forward to it uh, yeah. Ross you happy with uh, with Belgium it could have been worse it could have been the thing is the group you're in is quite open like you've got Denmark Finland uh, and Russia who are all kind of a much for muchness Denmark are probably the strongest in game but there's yeah. not, you know, there's no standout there really Denmark Russia Finland okay. yeah I'm happy with that yeah, yeah and, and of course the top two go through and couple of best uh, best third places go through as well so yeah you know just be alright it's not too bad and, <laughs> it can't be worse than Germany that's, that's it. true and Ridley happy with your draw I'm happy with my strike force for you <laughs> I cannot think of any midfielders I get the feeling the further east you went in this game the less players there were but um, yeah I'm alright now Ukraine's good they're they're all right. I'm happy with that. Would have preferred Holland, you know. <laughs> well, fair enough. Ridley, thank you very much for, uh, for taking your time out to join us. No, thank you for having me on, guys. No problem. We'll have to do some podcasts around the tournament, Dave, as well. Yeah, we will. We will. Nice specials. Oh, definitely. Hey, everyone. We kind of forgot to record an outro, uh, so this is the quick outro. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, it's at Man of the Post on Twitter. You can find Dave, obviously, at CM9798 on Twitter and myself at RossBow1984. Thank you ever so much for listening, and we'll be back with you very, very soon. Hope you enjoyed, and always remember to keep your champ man on the post. <laughs>